0: Hey there, Chapel Bell Curve listeners. Justin here, coming at you back to the future style. Well, from the past, that is. I wanted to check in and just let you know that this week's episode will be a bit of a different experience for all of you out there. If you're listening to this, I will be swollen up for a few days since I'll be getting my wisdom teeth removed. That's the problem with current event shows is that it's got to be, well, current. And I'm currently incapacitated while you're listening to this. However, in my stead will be super fan and my super brother-in-law, Ryan Clark. He'll be guest co-hosting with Nathan this week. He'll do the review from the Kentucky episode with him as well as the preview of the Georgia Tech episode. And I'll be back next week to review the Georgia Tech game as well as talk about what we can expect going into the final college football playoff rankings and the championship games. And in my absence, uh, just please give Ryan a cold and calculated Chapel Bell Curve welcome as we tend to do since we don't use our feelings here, just our cold robot minds. But anyway, I hope you enjoy this week and I'll see you all next week. And in the meantime... Go dogs!
1: Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Oh, what's this? A challenger appears. So um, this week because of our other hosts intrepid adventures in the land of dental surgery we are going to be joined by a guest host this week ryan what's up buddy yeah what is up everybody
2: uh so yeah i'm ryan Uh, i was actually in redcoats with nathan for exactly one whole season yeah uh 2006 uh we got to experience a wonderful classic nine and four mark rick season together yeah it was uh, a real uh, a real humdinger. so yeah, this was a season where we went to South Carolina and beat the pants off them eighteen to nothing, uh, but also lost to Kentucky, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt for homecoming at home, uh, and also as we were want to do, uh, lost to Florida, uh, but you know they we also beat number five Auburn, and I'm pretty sure that was a game where they came around the corner of their pregame uh march around the stadium and we played glory. Right over the top of their show, yeah. Which uh, you know that was actually kind of it's an old maybe rude an on old red our part, coat tradition but, at this uh, point. It was uh, it was pretty good, but yeah. So Nathan and I actually didn't really know each other until well, we knew each other, but I would say that we didn't really reconnect until after college through a few mutual friends, and then you know we just started nerding out and uh, yeah, out rolls.
1: Yeah, Ryan is our Ryan is actually probably our biggest fan. He's been our most supportive. Chapel curve person, I think, in the history of Chapel Bell Curve. So uh we're very we're very happy to have him here. So yeah, let's let's do some let's talk about the Kentucky game. So uh, you know, just as normal, we're gonna talk about our normal do our normal rundown here. So I will start. Let's talk about our, you know, experiential how how it went, what was our experience watching the game. So I was at the game as always. I thought it was a very good night. I thought that the senior night tributes were very appropriate. It was nice that we got to send off the redcoat seniors in style as well as, you know, the the four big seniors who came back this year, um, Bellamy, Carter, Chubb, and Michelle. I thought it was really great that we got to see them off with a game like this. But, you know, it was a pretty standard game day. It it was actually military appreciation night, which I thought was really fun. Um, I thought that I think that of all the things that UGA gets criticized for, for its game day atmosphere in terms of music selection, et cetera, I thought that what they did with military appreciation was really great. And um, the Redcoats played a military appreciation show, and they recognized a bunch of veterans. We had a big flyover. It was all, everything was very well well put together, and it was nice. As for the game itself, I thought that there was some palpable frustration in the first couple of offensive drives during Mm -hmm. the game, just because I think you know, we were kind of just running up the gut because we thought we could do it, and we couldn't. Uh, But after that, I thought it was, you know, it was a pretty loose game from the crowd. I thought the crowd participated really well. I got to see Justin. That was nice. Um, Scott Duvall from Waiting Since Last Saturday, he brought his boys over and sat with the Redcoats at the end of the game, and that was really cool to see him again. He actually brought his kids to the Friday night Redcoat practice as well, and that was awesome. So it was nice to see them, but yeah, it was actually a pretty pleasant game, all things considered. What about you, Ryan? What was your experience? Yeah, so...
2: 3.30 games are pretty difficult for a family who has a toddler (laughs) who also naps during that noon game time. But uh, 3.30 games around our house are a little bit challenging. Uh, We had a pretty busy morning, you know, just getting some family stuff, getting ready to get out of town for Thanksgiving. Since we're leaving to go see my family, Heather's parents wanted to come down. Heather's my wife. They wanted to come over and see us and their granddaughter, so since Grammy was there, I got to actually sit down and watch the game, take some notes, actually be involved in it. So that was pretty cool. I got to be more attentive than normal for an afternoon game. But then, you know, since since it was on CBS, I got to suffer through about 9,000 commercial breaks and... Just dilly-dilly my full way all the way through the day.
1: Yeah, you kept on saying dilly-dilly on our group <laughs> chat, and I was like, I'm not sure what this is about, but then I realized like, th- <laughs> the, the, the horribleness of CBS is um, the way they do their TV operation. It's, it's apparently pretty bad.
2: Pro tip, uh, don't ever play a drinking game where you have to drink every time that commercial comes on on a CBS. Because uh, it'll cast. be a lot. You'll, you'll die. It'll be a lot. You'll actually die. As far as the game goes, that, I thought the game felt really good. It was kind of like a get-back-to-our-roots kind of win, uh, we Once we got rolling, it was just like we didn't let up. Uh, it felt good. I thought our play execution looked really well as far as blocking, uh, especially on the offensive line. That first Chubb touchdown was a stellar play by pretty much the entire offense. And uh, I think my favorite moment from the whole thing subjectively was probably Nizalek totally selling that roughing the punter. Uh, I guess I, I guess he might have actually been hurt, but yeah, I, th- I think he was a little hurt. But yeah, but, you know, he still came back out and boomed another fifty-yard punt. After right. That. So, pro-level Emmy-nominated uh, acting, maybe. I don't know. I thought I was going to have to go down and fight somebody. I was going to have to get in my car and go try to fight I'm over there and some fight some SEC football player. <laughs> yeah, it was. You were not the
1: only one. I thought there were. I thought that there were a couple of rough hits from Kentucky, and I thought there was just some pretty bad ref refing too, as well. But oh yeah, okay. that's the normal thing. Let's talk about some of these stats. Let's run down our basic stats here on the game. Um, So, Obviously, the final was 42-13 Georgia. We had 10 possessions by Kentucky, 11 by Georgia, 62 plays by Kentucky, 59 by Georgia, 281 yards for Kentucky, 494 by Georgia, four scoring opportunities by Kentucky, and seven scoring opportunities by Georgia. You had an average field position of 29 for Kentucky and 26.8 for Georgia. That's hot. Yeah. Uh, Plays per possession, 6.2 for Kentucky, 5.4 for Georgia, 4.53 yards per play for Kentucky, 8.37 yards per play for Georgia that's actually what kind of the first point I want to stop at because you know I think in a lot of the sort of like holistic sort of old school metrics Kentucky's ahead of us here plays time of possession they're a little bit ahead um average plays per possession but if we look at that number 8.37 yards per play that's that's a that's a pretty staggering number right there yeah so we actually had the third highest yards per play differential
2: in the country this week that is on cupcake weekend and we're playing a not terrible kentucky team right right that is that is pretty good fantastic
1: yeah yeah um let's see points per opportunity six points for georgia 3.25 for kentucky uh that's pretty good because that that means that we were so likely to score a touchdown when we got inside the 40 that we basically we we almost had seven points per yeah Uh, only had to settle for one field goal um turnover margin uh expected well there were no turnovers in this game right well there were two there was one on each side Yeah, one on each side. Yeah, yeah. So the turnover margin was zero. One reception Justin, cut that out because now I'm looking (laughs) bad from a rookie. All right, keep that in. I don't know. It doesn't matter. All right. So success rate, I think it's really interesting. You know, Justin and I have talked about all year long how UGA comes out defensively really good in the third quarter. And, you know, Kentucky had a 67% success rate in the third this year on this game. So that kind of gets into a little bit about what I want to talk about from takeaways from this game. I thought we looked a little bit sloppy coming out of the half. We tightened down after the first ride, uh, after the first drive. But I thought uh, it was a little worrying, even though the game was basically out of the hand at that point. That they were, you know, sixty-seven percent of the time they were they were successful and efficient on offense in the third. Um, but still, overall for the game, forty-two percent for Kentucky, sixty-two percent for Georgia. So, I mean, by by most accounts, this is a pretty pretty dominating win. I would say.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much no question that we just handled it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, 56% um, rushing success rate uh, Well, for Kentucky, well over 41%, which is the average. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that some of this is just that Benny Snell is good. Right. And so you have, to, you have to temper whatever, however upset you are about the way the defense is playing, just with the knowledge that they had a good running back.
2: Yeah, and I think that there's a little bit of absolutely a little bit of consideration you have to give for that for sure.
1: I think the only other thing
2: that I wanted to point out was uh in our offensive footprint is that we have the second rate second ranked passing down s p plus ranking in the country.
1: Yeah, you know, I noticed that. I thought that that's a really good number. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that like I think that I think that if you if we can get
2: Jake from protected he's definitely a, a, a good quarterback, but I think that's our biggest issue is like, how, how do we make sure that happens? But, you know, I think that as our offensive line improves year to year with the recruiting, I think that we're going to see that coming down. But as far as this game, um, I thought the one, one thing that was um, worth noting was that from actually now holds the record for most TDs from a true freshman at UGA mm-hmm. uh, in a season. I did think that that interception that he threw was just a bad throw. Yeah. Yeah. And was, I think that we all throw, just for sure. kind of, thought that but it seemed like he still had the oh god there's somebody coming behind me leftovers from auburn yeah um but once he settled down a 9 for 14 for 123 and a touchdown with only one interception that's not a bad stat
1: line especially
2: yeah. considering at all. that our uh, our running backs just absolutely
1: crushed it well and you know before we can talk about running backs in one second but i do yeah. think it's worth noting on jake when it comes to jake like our rushing game didn't open up until the second quarter when jake threw like on four consecutive first downs started opening things up down the field and i think that going forward we're going to have to show teams that jake can do that and i think part of the problem that we had against Auburn was that we were not throwing on first down we were not throwing to bo- to back people out of the box and then when we had to throw we couldn't because when we had to throw it was in really obvious situations I think right. going forward it's going to be very very important to see Jake Fromm throwing on first and second down and not obvious passing situations because you know we have got to get another guy out of the box yeah and, and
2: Alabama or Auburn mm-hmm. one or the other that we see in, in Atlanta they are going if they are not seeing that they're going to sell out for the run and or or blitz and mm-hmm. he is not gonna have any time to make a good throw. Right. But yeah. when he when he has time, he makes good throws. Yeah, I mean for the I, most
1: part. He had you know, the offensive line, we inserted a new start. He had Ben Cleveland in at right guard uh for the majority of the game. And uh, I think that some of the struggles with the offensive line in the beginning had to do with just, you know, changing that continuity for what the right we basically had the same line for the last eight games or something, and so I thought Ben Cleveland looked good. I thought Solomon Kinley looked good. I think we're starting to see a little bit of a, of the youth movement. Um, I've had some critiques of our guard play the whole year. Uh, Kendall Baker and Dyson Sims have at times looked just a little bit outmanned physically. Right. Uh, Kendall Baker got thrown back into the backfield about four yards at one point today. This um, Not to, you know, I don't want to talk any crap about any particular player, but he's just not the kind of downhill road grader that UGA is looking for right now. So right. Um, I thought Ben Cleveland... You know his emergence as we go into these next two game, games is really going to pay. It's going to pay off when we get to the SEC championship if he plays well these two games, this game, and then in Georgia Tech. But then also it's going to pay off next year, I think.
2: Right, absolutely, and that's I think more important than even the next two games for for a long, you know, long term view of the of the program. Mm-hmm. But I also do think that that is incredibly important in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So well,
1: hey, let me let me say one. more you know, I think we, we should definitely take a time to talk about one other stat, which is just the rushing stats for this game. Um, we, we were talking about <laughs> ben, Benny Snell earlier, and I think there's some pretty interesting stats here, um, including some like Nathan Lawrence original, uh, fetish stats. So let's see Kentucky for the game, 4.03 yards per carry, 3.35 line yards, 35% opportunity rate. That is the number of yards uh, runs that went over five yards. Highlight yards per opportunity, 1.92. That is the average over five-yard run that they had, which is actually really impressive. That means that um, if they broke into the second level, they were only usually getting about six yards. So, um, I think that tells a really, really interesting story because I think really the difference in the game was that Benny Snell is a good enough player that he's going to get four, he can get four or five yards regularly. Right. Um, and you know, with the, their line yards, he was getting three or four yards just basically from the time he took the stat. But what we did a really good job of is that we we tackled well in the second level on them um nine percent stuff rate 83 percent uh power rate but then if you look at georgia's numbers they are just absurd offensively just borderline erotic yeah yeah i mean we'll just pull out the brett bielema um (laughs) just just i just want to hop on the jet slash my wife and (laughs) woo pig suey okay um we got to make those jokes now while we can because he's definitely getting fired right um <laughs> 9.73 <laughs> 9. yards per carry for uga uh rushing lies um 4.35 line yards per carry and let me just tell you i it was hard to say that without like a little bit of a tremble in my mouth yeah, in yeah. my voice because that that is that is borderline erotic for me 4.35 4. 4. 4. line 35. yards per carry that is absurd i know oh anyway um 50 56 opportunity rate 8.21 highlight yards per opportunity that means that if we went over five yards our average carry was 31 or 13 yards rather that means
2: that nick chubb and tony michelle are are just good i don't know if you know that beast
1: nine (laughs) percent stuff rate
2: well let's i was just gonna say we got to point out their their individual individual stats yeah yeah so So, yeah nick chubb yeah yeah, go down those 15 rushes 151 yards Mm 10.1 average Two touchdowns, can't go without saying that. Uh, let's see, line yards per carry, four point nine.
1: <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, no, it uh, gets you better. Opportunity
2: rate of seventy three percent. Seventy three percent opportunity se- rate is insane.
1: Me? And then highlight yards for opportunity is seven point oh five. <laughs> I know that's that 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 is a ridiculous <laughs> stat line. But if you look at the highlight yards per opportunity, obviously on fewer carriers for carries for DeAndre sift and Brian and though, eleven. <laughs> uh highlight yards per opportunity and 14 highlight yards per opportunity for swift and harry and respectively which is just just yeah. absurd i they mean like, and then even elijah holyfield only had two carries but he went for 16 yards <laughs> i mean like i love being able to come in and just
2: talk about this game because that oh that's just good i know just right? solid good yeah. okay and then also worth noting uh sony michelle in his last home game at sanford stadium 12 rushes 87 yards 7.25 average, also three touchdowns, which is, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, 4.04 Impressive. line yards per carry, mm-hmm. 42% opportunity rate, and highlight yards per opportunity of 7.7. I know. Just, and just, we're yeah, going to miss these guys.
1: Yeah. And I think it's definitely worth talking about this right now. Usually we don't get this into the stats on individual players, but, you know, the, the legacy of these two. Cannot be overstated at this point. Um, uh, we put something up on the Twitter about this the other day that uh, Nick Chubb is now the second has the second leading uh, the second most number of touchdowns in UGA history. He says second most in yards, and he is the only player other than Herschel to have three 1,000 yard seasons. He is the second, I would say, he is statistically the second best running back to ever go through the University of Georgia, which oh. is, I mean, an incredibly impressive year, an incredibly impressive um career really i mean there's nothing really bad you can say about him or michelle
2: yeah and i think it's also worth pointing out that depending on how the next couple of games go in our bowl game they these two dudes sony michelle and nick chubb uh may end up in the top three of uga running backs all time yeah and it might be two and
1: three yeah that
2: like nick chubb number two sony michelle number three they played together their entire careers
1: yeah that's that's, it. that's very insane. impressive that is and I think it's absolutely insane. You know, in last week when I was yelling about Auburn, um, we talked about how you know, kind of the 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 way that Kirby Smart and and Saban build a team. You you know, you're supposed to be able to reload and just bring in another five star, and and that's certainly true at the running back position at UGA. And um, but I don't, you know, even though we're so we're all excited about Zamir White, who is a beast, we're all excited about DeAndre Swift going forward, who is also a beast. Yeah, I think it, it's really important to take a moment um, as you're listening to this and just think about like. You know what has Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle done for us as a fan base and for you personally? I mean, yeah, you know, if if you were that if you were as invested in UGA football as we are, uh, you, you know, it can ruin your day, it can make your day. And thinking about what these dudes have put on the line and how they've come back and literally turned down millions of dollars just to do that for you, it's uh, it's something that I think you know we all should just be grateful for on this Thanksgiving week. Um, yeah.
2: yeah, and I, I will just say that you know, coming back after that kind of an injury especially for Nick Chubb and then and then staying an extra year is just beyond awesome and i think that if you're committed to an institution like that like you you deserve it and and he's going to be beyond successful at the next level mm-hmm. so Absolutely. i'm pretty pumped about that i think the only thing else i wanted to talk about as far as stats from this game was i thought that our defense got was better at pursuing and finishing they had 31 solo tackles and a 34.5 percent success rate, which is which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and like I said earlier, against a not bad Kentucky team, they are seven and four. They should be probably more than that because they had a couple of just yeah. The, I mean, what this, happened losses? If
1: they had covered two wide receivers against Florida, then this would have been a game yeah, to decide um, the SEC East for right. sure. Which I I think is is
2: worth is is worth pointing out. Like this is not the Kentucky team that you're used to seeing, this is a pretty good Kentucky team. I think that, that Stoops is doing a really good job there. And, and I, I think it's, it, it could be argued that they may be contenders in the next few years. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: but yeah, I think there, you're right. There are a few concerns defensively. Yeah. I thought we didn't, you know, um, if we look at one, two, three, only three havoc plays on the day. I thought there were a couple of times that we kind of broke contain um Benny Snell scooted out for a couple of long runs but still you know you had Shaheem King seven rushes for 26 yards I mean they were doing some stuff and I was I'm it was a better performance than Auburn certainly but it's something where in the Georgia Tech game and then in the week leading up to the to the um in the week leading up to the the SEC championship we really 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 got to get our crap together in terms of just fundamental stuff that we've been doing so well so long
2: right and especially on rushing defense I think that that is I think that was the most concerning thing. Probably for everybody who watched the game was just, we're not going to see a worse team rushing than Kentucky right. for the rest of the year. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I think that if we don't kind of get that that dominating performance back that we've had for the rest of the year, it it may it may come back and bite us. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. We, Lose to Georgia Tech. Yeah, we'll talk so about that
1: later. Let's um, let's you know we've already kind of done this, but let's get into our takeaways. So yeah. I've got a couple. I think this would get right when I think that you know, like you said, this is not the Kentucky team of yesteryear, and so if you you know you can take a little bit away from beating a team by thirty points, and I think that you should you know acknowledge or acknowledge that. um the seniors came out and have a good day and we played the way we needed to play to win comfortably. But this certainly wasn't the kind of like just sort of hard hitting domination that we're used to seeing out of our defense. And while we did have a good offensive day, um, I'm like you said, I'm a little concerned just about tackling and just our defense getting worn down because while this defense is deep, they are not Alabama deep. So it's something just to be concerned about going forward. Um, The second thing I, my big takeaway from this is that we have got to pass to win against good teams and against teams you know any team can bring nine into eight into the box and any team can run blitz you have got to have a plan to beat that and to some extent you know i think jim Cheney gets too much criticism and i think that i've criticized him too much in the past and i think that his stubbornness with our game plan has been has been a good thing in some ways because it's just meant that we've been able to run we have to admit that this is a run first second third fourth fifth sixth team um so you know, that's fine, but I think you have to have a plan and a wrinkle to take away the run blitz. You have to have a plan and a wrinkle to, to throw over the top. The fact that the dearth of A, tight end passes that we've seen, and B, play actions has been kind of shocking to me. So something I really want to see in Georgia Tech and that I really want to see against in the SEC Championship is, you know, run a, run a bootleg with a uh, crossing tight end. Run a tight end drag. Run a smash route with the tight end underneath. Run a whatever. And there's all of these concepts that you can run out of play action that that target the t- uh, tight end across the middle of the field, and that is what's going to loosen those linebackers up. Because until we do that, and until we did that even against Kentucky, until Jake Fromm, you know, showed that he could complete eight or nine balls in a row, you're just going to get nine people in the box, and even Nick Chubb, even an improved offensive line, is not. They cannot block two people. All of them. Right. No. There's there. It, it.
2: There's nothing that you can do if Alabama's defense is loading the box um yeah, absolutely I think, yeah I thought this game went obviously really well um but we we did have a little bit of that pregame that first quarter jitters um i I still think that auburn kind of not even really exposed us but just kind of showed what we all thought was the keys to to beating us yeah um yeah and i think I think that the concern there is is our. Offensive game plan going to adjust to help that out because I think a lot of what happened against Auburn was that our offensive game plan didn't have time to adjust after we just got
1: housed. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, and it was one of those. It was definitely a snowball rolling down the hill well, kind of deal. And, and and
2: like and like you guys talked about, it's it wasn't as bad. It, it shouldn't have been as bad of a loss as it was. It was just a mistake and then mental, you know, issue. But I think I think that there's going to be a balance that has to be found if we're going to beat alabama or auburn in atlanta um, yeah if we don't they're going to sell out on that run on that run in the blitz and jake Fromm's just going to get leveled he's going to be laying on the floor yeah um absolutely so true. yeah um i do think though that it is worth notice noting that we finished our sweep of the sec east that revenge train is still running yeah it's here still comes running
1: hot here, revenge tour 2017 coming in hot into uh, bobby dodd stadium um i have a very special review today uh we got a review on paper from a guy named james who is in the Sousa section who thought it would be really really funny to hand me his review on paper and fill both the envelope and the folded letter up with what i can only surmise is about 16 ounces of gold glitter so maybe the Finest grain of glitter I've ever seen. Ever. I know, I know. It's, it was it was it, like sand. This <laughs> also the most glitter I've ever seen. Yeah. in one one dollar by eleven. I just also work. want to say there's like random numbers on the back. Like there's some Illuminati stuff here. Pretty sure, pretty sure he took like he just ripped out a notebook from one of his classes and just yeah. All right, so five stars. Subject: Wow, what a pod! To say that this podcast has changed the way that I listen to two people talk about other people playing with balls. Well, the main reason that I listen to this podcast is to hear Nathan's sweet, manly voice. The football stats are exp- explained in a way that even a Gator fan could understand. These numbers are then balanced with an interesting points of views from unlikely- an unlikely couple, a bartender, and a former band nerd. Former band nerd. Very balanced, and they keep their biases for UGA decently in check. Would recommend this pod to any dog lover. The only reason... Oh, it actually got four and a half stars. I, did, I didn't I oh, did see that. Whoops. The only reason it didn't get five stars is because Nathan's head is already too big for his shrinking body. <laughs> Hugs and kisses, your boy James. James, as, as much as you're trying to be mean here, it's also very sweet. James actually had me download a podcast app onto his phone and then add just our podcast to his podcast queue so you he know- could... So, I can't really, like, complain about that's, his... That's
2: really sweet, James.
1: You, you know, know I, I, I said I said that Ryan was the number one fan earlier, but James is definitely in the running. You know what? You, you got it, buddy. You got it. All right. So, um, that was our very special review. So, let's cut an app out uh, an outro here. You got this? Yeah.
2: This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve, by email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com. And on Twitter and Instagram at Chapel Bell Curve. Also, go check out our website, chapelbellcurve.com. It's a hub for all our new content, blog posts, episodes, Twitter feeds, and anything we find relevant throughout the week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Play or, you know, wherever. So, yeah, we'll catch you in the historic Bobby Dodd Stadium on Saturday at Mark Richtfield. Until then,
1: go dogs.